Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That's the voice of Ryan Clark. If you were watching the game last night on ESPN, the voice of Steve Levy essentially saying this game is sealed after the 199th overall pick in this past year's NFL draft. Jordan Fuller out of Ohio State picked off the most famous 199th overall pick of all time. Of course, that would be Tom Brady. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Fellas, simply you think, put. You think Brady knew he was 199? <laughs> I think he's had that chip. It's not a chip, it's a boulder, man. <laughs> that no, thing is... <laughs> I mean, do you think he knew that the kid was 199? Well, he does have great pregame preparations. He certainly knows who the kid is now. If he didn't know before, he knows who Jordan Fuller is now. So here's the big thing, fellas. As soon as that pick happened, the first thing I thought to myself was, what in the world is Bruce Arians going to say after the game now? Bruce has never been shy about holding his opinion back, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, whether it's been Peyton Manning, whether it's been Carson Palmer, whether it's been Tom Brady. He has worked with all four of those legendary quarterbacks. You want it? You got it. After another tough performance from Brady on a national stage, he struggled on Sunday, Thursday, and Monday nights. That's for sure. Bruce Arians on Tom Brady's multiple interceptions and who was culpable. At times we look really, really good. And then uh, there are times when we obviously don't. Uh, I felt very, very comfortable in the two-minute drive until that throw. Um, but um, we made some plays, and obviously we didn't make enough in this ball game, offensive, defense, or special teams, uh, to win. Both interceptions, I mean, it just were they just poor throws? Nobody was really in well, the, the first, No, the first one he got hit. He got hit. It looked like I uh, had Chris going right down the middle and uh, stepped up and uh, just didn't get enough on it. Uh, with the when the with the pressure and uh, the last one was just a misread of the coverage. So that's Bruce Arians talking about Chris Godwin perhaps being there. Key, what do you make of that? We'll get Jay's thoughts, and then we got a question for Key from a caller. What do you got? Yeah, the the first one, I don't. It didn't look like he got hit to me. I maybe you know Bruce. This is right after game, so he hasn't had a chance to assess the film to look at it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get hit. The ball was already gone by the time. They got to Brady. Um, and then the second one, he, he missed a read on it. I mean, he just and that that happens. They fooled him. It's okay. You get fooled. And I and I'm not I'm not overly worried about Tom Brady bouncing back. This is not the end of Tom Brady. Father Time is not caught up to Tom Brady because I'm sure after all these other shows today there'll be Father Time. Did Father Time catch up to Tom Brady? Is Tom Brady too old? Is the game past Tom Brady? You'll get all that going. No. <laughs> Tom Brady will be just fine. Key question for you with the safety answer over the you. top on that on that last throw. <laughs> I know you always do have answers. That's why I ask you questions. Um, with that safety being over the top, is it as simple as it's just an easy misread? I mean, if you were, if it's a two minute drill, why take such a deep shot like that at that juncture? Well, because you, he probably thought that he, he probably, and I, and I am not in the room with him, so I don't know what they, what they said in terms of game plan in a two minute situation, but he probably thought he saw something that it wasn't, or he looked up, and from a secondary standpoint, he took his eyes off of it, pre snap read, they gave him one coverage, and by the time he went to deliver the football, they were in a totally different coverage. I mean, it does happen. Indeed. Before I mean, we, as much as we yeah. love Tom Brady, Zubin, and right. we hold him to such high no, regard, he can't get fooled. He's not infallible. Exactly. All right, before we hit the... Uh, well, no, no, I understand we hold him high regard, but we're talking about a guy that's won, you know, uh, 
a plethora of Super Bowls and all the talk leading into November and December was about like, this is Tom Brady's time of the year. And this is when this team's going to gel. That's why I just wanted to, you know, curiosity striking the mind here, just about actually what you saw and how it came to fruition. That's all. Indeed. So keep providing the answer to Jay's question. We're going to hit the phone lines here in a second, because we've got a very interesting question for key from one of our callers from the great state of New Jersey, Anthony hang tight. Just want to mention, we want to hear from plenty more callers on our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, our poll question this morning, simply put saints wake up this morning, Full clear. First place in the NFC. They've got the top seed. Remember, this year, only the top seed in each conference, only the number one seed gets the bye. So who is the Saints kryptonite? Who's the one team when Drew Brees returns they don't want to see in the postseason? Key's been pretty clear. He thinks it's the Rams. Is it Seattle? Is it Green Bay? Who could it possibly be? We'd love to have your thoughts. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or Key J and Z on Twitter. Who can topple the Saints. All right. As we wait for your calls, Anthony is in New Jersey and he's on ESPN radio. Anthony, you got a question for Key? Yeah, I have a question for Key. Love the show, guys. Key, I'm a Bucks fan since 78 and I'm kind of confused on a couple of things. One, I'm not understanding the game plan with Tom Brady on forcing him to throw these deep balls when it's kind of not his game. Two, I don't understand the running game where bringing Fournette in, bringing him out bringing Jones in, bringing them out. And then number three, the secondary, we talk about this defense, but they can't seem to make a stop in the counts all year long. And um, I don't know the game plan. Are you agreeing with it? Do you think we're doing the right thing? But I, I think we should let Brady play his game, which is more of the short pass game than keep going downfield. What are your thoughts? Well, no, I, I think Brady, you know, 50-50 balls, giving his guys an opportunity. Mike Evans is a big, tall receiver. You give Mike Evans an opportunity to go up and take the ball away from somebody – you talk about Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller's been able to get separation at times from guys uh, in the secondary. And then when you add Antonio Brown into the situation, Antonio Brown could flat out fly. So you want to make sure you take a couple shots to loosen up the defense so that the defense is not sitting there for Fournette or Ronald Jones. Why they mix things up at the running back spot, I, I believe it has something to do with protection. I don't know if they trust Ronald Jones in certain situations on passing downs to be able to pass pro and protect uh, Brady opposed to a guy like Leonard Fournette um, back there to be able to pass pro. And then when you look at it from a defensive standpoint, they just they haven't been playing well lately. I would say probably the last four games, the defense has kind of somewhat let down the Bucks to a degree. I think they, they got off such a fast start. They had a great year last year on defense. They got off to a good start on defense this year, and everybody wanted to compare them to some of the great Tampa Bay Buccaneer defenses. I think they got ahead of themselves. Indeed. Ken in Kansas City, you're on ESPN Radio this morning. Who is the biggest threat to the top-seeded Saints in the NFC? I, guys, I'm going to take the field. If you're going to give me the field versus the Saints, I'll take the field. And here's the reason. Why are we so sold on Taysom Hill after one game versus the Atlanta Falcons. I know that Sean Payton is a guru, but Taysom Hill is no different than Lamar Jackson on New Orleans. He, he is not a pocket quarterback. This little run thing that they got going with him in the ball and him just throwing a couple passes a game, hey, that's great, and that looks cute and everything. When you get into playoffs, you got the best of the best teams, guys. And I just got one quick question for you guys, because I'm, I'm from Nebraska. I live down in Kansas City, but um, uh, what uh, the quarterback uh, Joe Burrow would not have been successful at Nebraska. It wouldn't have worked because Nebraska didn't have the talent that LSU has. 
So Joe Burrow, it would have been bad for Nebraska and it would have been bad for Joe Burrow. So thanks, guys. Well, I don't know if it would have been bad for Joe Burrow or Nebraska because he didn't go. So It's a good point by Ken, though. He's a native son. He knows the area as well as anybody. So I appreciate his perspective. But what about his thoughts that uh, maybe we're asking about the wrong team? Maybe we should be thinking about teams other than New Orleans there. I, I, I like New Orleans. And I understand, I understand yeah. that he said about Taysom Hill being somewhat a Lamar Jackson type. Different. Different. Power runner. They don't want to get in the way of him. Uh, and we're not – he's not going to be there during the playoffs. Drew Brees should be back. Right. Taysom Hill shouldn't be the starting quarterback for but playoff key, time. But, Key, isn't that a great question, though? Uh, and I, I give him credit for actually posing that because I started to think about it as he was saying it. Are, you know, are we just thinking that Drew Brees is going to come back and not miss a beat? Like, is Drew Brees going to come back and be at the level that he was before? I mean – I think he will be. But that's just me, though, man. I, How many weeks will he probably miss? I mean, what, he's missing maybe three, four weeks? You the doctor on the show, you tell me. I'm not. <laughs> I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express a couple of times. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know how long the time length that he's going to have off Zubin. And that has to play into the factor of, you know, a guy being out that long. Do you just come back and automatically find a rhythm with your team? I don't know. Yeah, that's a legit you, question. You, if you drew Brees, you just it's plug and play with him because it's his offense. He's been there forever. It's it's timing. I mean, it, when you come back, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's this way in basketball as well. Just because they say you're coming back in week four, you've probably have started doing something in like week three, right? And then you come back. So you you give yourself about a week to start to get light practicing in, things of that nature. Then you come back and you get ready with the team. But Siki, I've never broken a rib before, uh, but I have had bruised ribs when I play. And for me, Both. shooting the ball... Yeah, I came back like a week before and did that, but it, it still it hurt. Like that's something that lingered. And to tell you that I didn't grimace every time I went up for a jump shot would be, you know, I would be remiss to tell you that. Like I did. Like I, I think it affected my shooting to a degree. So I, if that's me shooting the ball, I don't know how it is when you're throwing the ball constantly. Zubin, I think Jay Will was injury prone. <laughs> All right, those are Key's thoughts. You may have heard oh, that on goodness. the down low there. <laughs> Good thing you guys are in different locations today. (laughs) All right, let's go from A to Z. To take you inside the marketing world, A to Z this morning is not sponsored. This particular A to Z is not sponsored, but it should be unofficially sponsored by the Greenbergs. You'll hear what I mean in just one second. Jay's Sport where he became a legend, the national champion. College basketball is finally ready to go later this week. There's a ton of games we're hoping on ESPN. This week is here. <laughs> Jay clapping, ready to go with Stop. that sport. Carlos Boozer, former Duke legend. You can see him on the ACC Network. I'm always plugging all of our guys. So Rick Pitino came on the show last week, the legendary coach, and said, folks, we need a May Madness. we got to hold on. we got to delay the way all the other sports did. Seth Greenberg, who spent so many years working with Jay Williams essentially said, uh-uh, just the opposite. Let's go, fellas. These kids have been on campus since July. There's a mental health aspect of it. So, first of all, they've been working this long. They're looking to have a chance to compete. It's really simple. Students are leaving campus. All of a sudden, now you're going to have on your campus after Thanksgiving, maybe until February, isolation semi-bubble environments where you can control your players in a little bit better environment. 
And then finally, I just think that we've got to control our controllables. Three things, really simple. We got to have protocol, we got to have patience, and we got to have multiple plans. Games are going to be delayed, there are going to be cancellations. But you know what? By starting earlier, we have the agility to reschedule a season like no other, but we're going to get through it. Jay, what do you think? I think Seth Greenberg is absolutely right. Um, I, I think that you start to push forward, you have processes in place. And then you go according to your game plan. Um, look, I, I think college basketball fans have to be aware that due to contact tracing, if a star player, it's not like football where it's the next man up mentality where, hey, we have another guy that can play. Like, you know, if you have a couple of stars that catch COVID, that can ultimately affect whether your team makes March Madness or not, depending upon how long they're out. But Seth is absolutely right. Keep pushing through. And until we get to a place, if it gets really, really bad, then we'll have to deal with that. But all the procedures have to be in place and you you start to plan. Indeed. The last thing I would just add to that, what has been ravaged already, not to get too nerdy here, but Jay knows this, something called MTEs, fellas. They're called multi-team events. Most people walking on the earth call them tournaments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the NCAA calls them multi-team events. All these tournaments that you see during Feast Week, all these trips to the Caribbean, all that stuff is off. They've tried to move all these events back to the United States, but teams are opting out left and right saying, no way we're getting together with a bunch of other 18 to 22-year-olds who have likely disregarded all coronavirus protocols since the beginning. So it is crushing the college basketball season. Last thing, will the Dolphins regret taking Tua over Justin Herbert? Flashback to the most recent draft. Tua gets picked fifth overall by the Dolphins, the guy that Miami secretly wanted all along, and they got him. Justin Herbert from Oregon went right after him with the sixth pick to the Los Angeles Chargers. It's been a small sample size. I mean, Herbert has only started nine games with the Chargers, but Mike Greenberg on his radio show said yesterday, the Dolphins, they made a mistake. Those picks should have been flipped. Justin Herbert should have gone ahead of Tua. The Miami Dolphins, if they had Justin Herbert today, would be one of the contenders for the Super Bowl in the AFC. Justin Herbert should have gone ahead of Tua. The Miami Dolphins, if they had Justin Herbert today, would be one of the contenders for the Super Bowl in the AFC. Instead of a team whose excellent coach felt the best way he could win yesterday against a sub-500 Broncos team was to bench his rookie. That makes you question the decision. Greeny. You don't see Justin Herbert getting pulled. <laughs> Greeny just wanted to be extra adamant there, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. He uh, doubled up a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about that? That's, uh, I mean, nine games. That's a tough call to make. I mean, nine games, a pretty small sample size to make that. Well, I had Justin Herbert as the top quarterback in the draft, even ahead of Joe Burrow. Um, so I would have taken Justin Herbert if he was there for Miami. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the Dolphins – didn't make the right choice by drafting Tua. You've always been a Herbert guy. Yeah, right? but but that's just, I like Herbert. You know, I like big quarterbacks in general. I like to be able to see the ball come out. I like those guys. And I saw him up close in person, and I liked him. I, I saw Tua up close in person before several times, and I'm like, okay, cool. I, I think that they both are going to have great careers in the National Football League. Um, but I don't think the Dolphins are regretting getting the person that they wanted the entire time. At least that's what they say, right? I mean, they say we we wanted Tua this entire time. Now, look, he goes up against the Denver Broncos, and he goes up against Vic Fangio, who's a decent schemer in terms of defensive game plans. He's one of the, the old heads in the National Football League on the defensive side of the ball. He gives him a little bit of a problem. 
And late in the game, they made a decision that Ryan Fitzpatrick was probably best suited to engineer a two-minute drive late in the game rather than Tua. He almost did it. And he almost did it. So the coach was putting them in a situation to win with two minutes to go in a game or less than two minutes to go in a game on a two-minute situation. I don't have a problem with that. doesn't mean that he's benching him and he doesn't like him anymore. I don't want to even start that narrative. Indeed, Jay, he's going to start against the Jets on Sunday. What do you think? But, well, I can start against the Jets. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, actually, Key, I, I disagree. I disagree with you, man. I actually do have a problem with it. Um, you know, I, I know that you said that, hey, Brian Flores is putting his team in the best position to win the game by putting Fitzpatrick on the field. But what does that do to your rookie quarterback? that how do you allow him to continue to grow if you don't allow him to battle through difficult times, right? But, Jay, you and, know and that the coaches, by doing know, so, the coaches know, Jay, the pulse of their team and their quarterback that they've been in the room with far greater than we do. And what? for whatever reason oh, yeah, that he went key, to 50... Key, we, key. We, we know that the coaches know the pulse of the team better. But, I mean, we still have disagreed with what those coaches have decided to do in those further moments. I mean, we've talked about this multiple times. I mean, is that, is, I'm not comparing them, okay, because Bill O'Brien is way different than Brian Flores, I would say. It's like, well, Bill O'Brien, he knows his team better than anybody else. It doesn't mean that we agree with every, every decision that Bill O'Brien or Brian Flores makes. I'm just giving the argument that when you take your rookie quarterback after you've handed him the reins, you said – Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay, you are not here anymore. You're still here as a backup in case something happens to Tua. But by inserting him in the game at that juncture and now allowing Tua, a guy that you're saying we're handing you the keys to the franchise to work through that moment, that allows opportunities for guys like Greeny and the media to start digging deeper and have these type of conversations about, well, now we wonder if Tua is actually the answer to this team long term. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but of course he's the answer to him. He was just the fifth pick. They just gave him, you know, again, follow the breadcrumbs. They just gave him a boatload of money as a fifth pick in the draft. They inserted him into the lineup when they went three and three. He went three and one as a starter. What's the problem? They're right in the hunt to win a division or make a wild card playoff spot. So I, I don't see what the problem is. Taking and, and putting a veteran quarterback in that can engineer a two-minute drive, which, by the way, he damn near did. That 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 is a coaching decision opposed to putting a kid out there that was struggling at the time. This is his first opportunity to engineer a two-minute drive. You might as well let the veteran dude do it so we can stay within contention. But- Key, what, what, if, what if he did do it? What if Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick won that game? Do you not think the conversation then spirals? I've also been on this show with you when we've talked about Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. And, and, Foles, and you're like, well, you can't go back and forth because then it, it creates dissent in locker rooms and the media gets involved and you make one pick or the other. Now you're saying it's okay to do Dif- just because they were trying to win that game at that particular time? Different quarterbacks, different situations. Mitch Trubisky is on his way out. Tua is on his way in. Two different situations. I got a guy exiting in Mitch Trubisky. I don't want to go back and forward with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. But if I got a young quarterback with a veteran guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick right there with him who is going to tutor him and teach him how to play the position at a pro level, I don't have a problem inserting him into the lineup with two minutes to go because he's showing you how to run a two-minute drive against a, in a hostile environment with a tough defense that has basically kicked your butt the entire game. 
I just disagree with you on this one, man. I, I think that's a battle that you let Tua work out. And if you're going to commit to him, then commit to him. Like, if you're saying, hey, we are handing you the keys, as long as you're not injured, like, I just think that you, you've also told me, key that you think a lot of quarterbacks going back and forth, like, even with uh, what we are talking about, Carson Wentz, I'm saying, hey, play Jalen Hurts. You're like, well, look, Jay, I'm trying to tell you, quarterbacks are sensitive, man. Like, you've, you've said they, this to me off they camera are, multiple they times. Are sensitive, quarterbacks are sensitive. Dealing with a different kid here and a different type of personality. Going back and forth with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is not ready to take over after I just paid somebody a hundred and something million dollars, I'm 40 plus million dollars on the books. I'm not even thinking about playing Jalen Hurts, no matter how bad the Carson Wentz situation goes. The last thing I... Okay, the last thing I would mention... Agree to disagree, Zubin, on that one. Gotcha. The last thing I would just mention there, the Dolphins are in this weird nebulous place where their progress has been far more accelerated than they thought. They draft Tua, we're playing the long game... Hang on a second. We beat the Patriots to end last season. We end on the upswing. They're in the playoff hunt this year. So that complicates things a little bit because they drafted him for the long term, and suddenly they're now trying to play off, uh, make the playoffs in the short term. So that could be another wrinkle that Brian Flores is working through. On the way, someone tonight is going to find themselves in the third spot in the college football playoff rankings. Great, right? All you got to do is be in the top four. But we'll tell you why being ranked third and only third, history says will end your playoff hopes. That's after Key has this from draft. Yeah, Carlos Boozer. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The real question, of course, is who are the four best teams in college football on December 20th when we will have our final rankings. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Reese Davis, join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Key, we had mentioned quickly before the break, you know, if you're in the third spot tonight, Seems like a good deal, right? All you need to do is be in that four spot, one, two, three, four. But every single year since the playoff began in 2014, the team that has been ranked third in the initial rankings has never made the playoff. Last year, that was Alabama. And believe it or not, last year, the first time Alabama missed the playoffs in the history of the college Mm. football playoffs. So number three is not where you want to be. 
tonight. Reese Davis joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Reese, who cares about the number three team? I want to start with a hard-hitting question about the number 11 team, affectionately dubbed the Fighting Reese Davises. Of course, that would be the Northwestern Wildcats. You might have seen this story where uh, Joey Galloway kind of gave them the, affect- the affectionate name, the Fighting Reese Davises. But Reese, they channeled all your mojo and they knocked off Wisconsin. Have a little fun with this. For those that don't really know what happened over the weekend, there was so much going on. Can you go inside Wisconsin, Northwestern, Reese, and Joey? All right. Here's what happened. First of all, I think we've learned a few things from this. And the first and foremost is that Joey Galloway is not nearly as funny as he thinks he is, right? (laughs) That's the first thing. Uh, So last Tuesday night, we're talking about the Northwestern-Wisconsin game, and Joey uh, says, I asked him about, you know, should they win the game, Northwestern were to win the game, uh, his assessment of their chances of making the college football playoff, to which he responded, they have a bunch of Reese Davises out there, which <laughs> to him meant that, you know, uh, clumsy, unathletic people, to which I responded, of course, that means they've got a lot of high-level athletes. And, uh, and with uh, Northwestern, I should say, they took great umbrage at this. It became a rallying cry. Uh, there are now T-shirts and hoodies, which I know Jay will is going to buy for his entire family and perhaps have his Christmas card uh, made wearing them next year. And uh, so they 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 took it. You know, it, it was a strange little thing that kind of that kind of took off. And and I forgot, I, I didn't. It just didn't register other than in the moment. And so when uh, Gerald was talking uh, after the game Saturday sale, that the players were yelling, I'm like. What are they talking about? You know, <laughs> you know. I was trying to think if I said something on game day, and then uh, and then I heard mention Galloway, and I was like, oh yeah, we've had some fun with it. I zoom bombed their team meeting yesterday, oh, nice. and uh, and uh, Ernest Brown, uh, one of their players, had said after the game that it hurt his feelings to be compared to me. So I, I called <laughs> Ernest out and I said, look, it hurt my feelings. Then it hurt your feelings, <laughs> and uh, so we uh, so we decided we made a pact that it would be all good uh, after Northwestern wins the, wins the Big Ten Championship. So I also reminded them on the Zoom, I showed them a couple of pictures I have in my office. I said, now you guys do realize, uh, I said, I have the, uh, the privilege of handing out the national championship trophy. I said, so, I said, we could, we could do this virtually again, or we could do it in person in Miami on January 11th. So <laughs> we, we, we've, had, we've had some fun with it. It's been, it's been great. This is great. And, uh, and you know, the, the kids, uh, obviously really smart kids, have senses of humor, and it was pretty funny. Reese, t- tonight the top 25 college football playoffs will be unveiled and revealed to all of us. Will there be any shocking surprises I, I don't expect any, Keyshawn. In fact, I, I think the four teams, if I, you know, Zubin's right. You, you haven't had the number three team make it, and you always have teams making moves. But if you made me choose, will the four that we see tonight be the four that we see on December 20th or not, uh, I would say yes. Um, I suspect the four we see tonight will be the four that, that end up making the playoffs. Now, certainly Florida's going to have something to say about that. Um, and Notre Dame is not just going to concede the rematch with Clemson. So it's certainly not a lock by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that's the most likely thing. I think we'll see the top four as it is. I do think it'll be interesting to see where Cincinnati falls uh, to see if they position themselves should their, uh, should an opening come about in, in the top four at the end. Because I, I, don't, I don't think Texas A&M, absent everyone, both above them and below them, crumbling, I don't see A&M making it in as a second team from the SEC. It's a different deal if you want to say Alabama loses twice, 
A&M goes to the SEC championship game, well, then that's, that's different. But as a second team from the conference, I don't see A&M making it. R.D., where, where do you end up seeing BYU ending up in the whole CFP race? Um, I think, Jay Will, that they're going to be, ultimately, they're going to be done in by their schedule, and that's a shame because, not because it's unfair, but because their original schedule prior to the pandemic was excellent. I mean, they had, they had six Power Five teams. They would have every opportunity to prove themselves, and I think there's a really good chance that they would have. I think they're really good. Um, I think that they will probably be, if, if I were ranking them, um, I suspect they, they are as good as a lot of teams ranked above them, but they're not even going to have the uh, resume even of, of Cincinnati out of the American, I don't think, for example. Um, I think it'll be really, you know, really interesting to um, try to find comparative games you know, as best you can. And uh, it's you know, I think it's a tough putt for them. I think they're really good. I called their first game and was blown away and have watched them closely. They're, they're tough. They're, you know, I mean, they will strike you in a heartbeat. Zach Wilson's excellent. But it's just tough to, um, to take the schedule that they've played and say that they deserve the nod over someone else. You know, even, you know, even in Cincinnati or if uh, Notre Dame and Clemson, say, split two games, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to do. So I, I think it's going to be hard for them to actually make the playoff. Reese Davis, ESPN College Game Day uh, host, joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Now here comes a tough question for you because you are the fighting Reese Davises, and then you could be a fighting Trojan <laughs> if you answer this right. Where are my Trojans going to fall in to this equation at, given the fact that Keaton Slovis has been on fire the last three games? Two tough ones against the Arizona schools, but went up to Utah and took care of business this past Saturday. Uh, well, I watched that game, Key, and I, I really, really was impressed. More impressed, actually, and I know it was Utah's first game and everything, but I was really impressed with the way they play. It was cold. Uh, uh, your guys don't have the greatest record in cold weather. I think they were 13-12-1 or something like that when the temperature was in the range in which it was um, in Salt Lake City the other night. Now they don't have to leave Los Angeles again for the rest of the season. I, I think I just don't know that there will be enough games and enough games that uh, get the committee's attention in terms of making the playoff. Now, if both Oregon and USC are undefeated and they look good doing so, I'm, I'm not saying that it's an absolute lockout that they can't, but I, I think not, I think this is where style points will be really important the rest of the way for USC. They've had their pull games out of the fire when the win percentage was, you know, 2% or whatever it was. You know, Arizona State kind of pulled one out against Arizona, too. Um, I think style points will be really important for them. They need Oregon to be uh, really good the rest of the way and then, and then to be impressive in beating them in the championship game would be the best path if, if the path exists. They, it would also help if some of these other teams sort of floundered around, lost in games and so forth. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Reese Davis joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. RD, this is one of my favorite times of the year because I get a chance to see you wear dual hats doing college football and college basketball. We know the likes of, uh, you know, the Duke, Arizona, Tennessee, Baylor. But what kind of year do you think this will be in college basketball? Uh, if football's any indication, Jay Will, it's going to be one that's disrupted often. And I know we're hopeful that 
to assume we're going to um, deal with fewer disruptions in sports and in life due to the pandemic, you know, if vaccine and, and various things were to happen over the next few months. But I think the college basketball fans ought to prepare for disruption, the same type of disruption that you've seen in college football with games being postponed or canceled. And uh, it's going to be an unusual environment to not have the uh, tightly packed arenas and raucous atmospheres that we're accustomed to uh, to see these games. And it's, uh, you know, it takes an adjustment, but hopefully we'll be back to uh, back to what we're accustomed to before too much longer. We can only certainly hope for that. We should mention that Reese has been with us for so many Sundays unveiling the college football playoff top four and for so many selection Sundays unveiling the field of 68 and then talking about it on Bracketology. We can only hope both of those Sundays will get here again. We look like we're close on college football and who knows what will happen in college basketball. But we'll be watching you the rest of the way, including tonight at 7 Eastern when the first rankings are out. Reese, thank you so much. All right, Steve. We'll see you guys. Uh-huh. That's Reese Davis. You'll see him tonight, 7 Eastern. Yeah, I should have asked him about that Indiana tournament that time, but I, I'll let that go. Hang on. Hang on a second. What are we talking about? Hold, hold on, Zubin. Hold on. Go ahead, Key. Finish your thought. No, no, no. It had something to do with Indiana. It's fine. I'll just, we're going to move forward. <laughs> okay. Still to come, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick with some interesting comments about the quarterback he's going to face this Sunday. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Just a quick reminder, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin brought to you by Pennzoil. Not all motor oils are created the same. Motor oil made from crude oil contains impurities, but Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Its base oil is 99.5% free from impurities. It gives you unbeatable engine protection, so the next time you get an oil change, ask for Pennzoil. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Hey, hold up. Before I let you go. One more thing before we let you go. And, you know, this is our final segment, and normally when Bill Belichick talks at this time every day or this time every week, we're not normally monitoring it because we're not expecting some great comment from Bill Belichick, right? He's kind of shown that over the course of time. But this one, this one got our attention. Think about the last few quarterbacks the Patriots have played. They had to try to get by Deshaun Watson. They had to try to get by Lamar Jackson. And this week, it's yet another great dual threat quarterback in Kyler Murray. Here's Bill Belichick, not generally effusive with praise for most players, Laying it on thick here about what they face on Sunday. 
you know, he's elusive and hard to tackle because he's quick and he's fast and you know, he's a very instinctive player. So when you're running the ball, you're out in space. And I don't know how big of a factor height is, but he's got a very good arm. He throws a, an excellent deep ball. He's quick, but he's fast. He can he can get away from most everybody. So you have to you know maintain leverage and you know take an angle on him or have an angle with him with multiple people that you know you just limit the amount of space that he can work in. But he's He's a very dynamic player. Certainly seems he has the highest of praise for Kyler Murray, a dual-threat quarterback that they're going to face this Sunday. As you know, they faced a dual-threat quarterback in Lamar Jackson on a Sunday night football game a couple of weeks ago, a game the Pats were able to win. So then Bill Belichick was asked, after preparing for and getting the best of Lamar Jackson, would that help you play and prepare for Deshaun Watson? Who is up next? Listen to this quote from Belichick. Quote, I think Watson is a really complete quarterback, and they run very much of a traditional professional NFL passing game with the addition of a lot of RPOs and some moving pocket plays. So they give you a lot to defend, and they have a terrific group of skill players and a good QB, a really good QB. Watson has the ability to make all the throws handle all the passing game from empty to three-by-one, two-by-two sets, intermediate, deep, and quick throws, and moving pocket plays. So this is a very difficult offense to defend, and I would say Watson has shown the ability as a QB to be as versatile, really, as anybody we've faced. So we're facing a good, really good quarterback, and the guy we're facing is really complete, key as opposed to the guy we just faced? Well, that's a little bit of shade. I love it, though. Bill, like I've always told y'all, man, he does it real slick, though, right? He he kind of just sticking him, sizzling him, real simmering him down because you, you got to look at it. He is correct about everything that he said about Deshaun, but Bill never does that unless you've gotten under Bill's skin, and I'm sure, and I'm sure that Lamar, by not giving them full credit for that victory in the rainstorm or whatever you wanted to call it, this is why Bill went the extra mile to kind of say and praise Deshaun. I mean, that's just – I can see it because I know it. I just know the – I know the toll. That's all. It's pretty funny, though. He yeah. got him good with that one. What do you got, Jay? I mean, Bill's not lying. He's telling the truth. Uh, is it shade? Of course it is. Um, you know, look, th- this is this is what happens in this league. You have – you know, you have – People that come out and they say things, and I, I'm actually I'm okay with the Bill. Bill Belichick is telling you exactly what he thinks about Lamar Jackson, uh, and this is what Lamar Jackson has said. Even though we talk about the offensive coordinator with Greg Oman, right? He comes to the line of scrimmage. The defense is calling out the plays. They know the plays. They're very predictable. Then when you look at Deshaun Watson, he's not predictable at all because of his capabilities and because of some of the pieces that they have around him. So it is what it is. Bill Belichick's not wrong. No, he's not. He's not wrong. But it's just the fact that Bill. Bill never does this, though. He just, unless you got something real slick to say, then he comes back a different way, and that's his personality. So whatever it was, whether it's Greg Roman or whether it's it's Lamar Jackson, it's something that's there, or else Bill would have never said it. He just, you know, he just wouldn't. He'd have been like, oh, Deshaun's the quarterback, and he's going to win a lot of games in this league. He's going to play for a very long time. We look forward to playing against him. That's pretty much it, and he's gone. The press it's interesting, Noki, how how some coaches want to t- take some shots at Lamar, though, right? I mean, yeah, Bill Belichick. You also had uh, Mike Tomlin, right? Remember, he's like, we don't fear him. Like, we don't fear Lamar Jackson. Like, came out and just straight, straight said it. 
So it's just interesting to me now. We've got two coaches that have felt the need to come out and say something. I don't know. Maybe is that Lamar and the way he, he communicates to the media as well about how he feels? Maybe so. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember being at Sport Clips, waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter? Now with on-deck text alerts, get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in and another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Let's go back to today's comments. He doesn't have anything nefarious going on to link Watson and Jackson and Murray. He can just focus on Kyler. I mean, Bill's, as I mentioned, Key, I mean, you know this better than anybody. I mean, just he's not the guy that's going to dole out praise for everybody. You want to say the right things, but... He seemed really impressed by Kyler Murray, if you're taking those words at face value. No, I am, and he knows that Kyler Murray is very dangerous. Um, that's why I said you got to keep your leverage. There's certain things he has a strong arm. There's certain things that he does well. He can outrun mostly everybody on the defense. He's not only quick, but he's also fast. All the things that he's saying is correct because he's had an opportunity to really study him. Now, Bill's done a tremendous job with defenses that he's run against young quarterbacks that he's faced for the first time. It'll be interesting to see. Jay, 10 seconds. What do you have? Your final word. Uh, final word is 4.47. That's uh, Key's 40-yard dash. This might as well be a 4.5. see some say? tight ends run faster than that, Key. Wait, what did you say? You ran a 4.47? 4.47 4. 4. 4. is Keyshawn. a pretty good time. 4. At least 4. I would have made my two free throws against Indiana. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> Mic drop. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.